On today's show, KB and I discuss HBO Max. What is the price point and what type of content can you expect from this new streaming service? We also share the status of two of HBO's Game of Thrones prequels. On the Marvel front, is Haley Steinfeld still interested in playing Kate Bishop on the Disney Plus series Hawkeye? And on the DC realm, The Batman is an upcoming movie, and we have some casting news on that film. All of that in a Rhode Island Comic Con retrospective as we stream a little stream of me on this episode of Free Your Geek. to believe anything I say I realize that but I hope eventually you will come to trust me I only want what's best for you and your mother son you don't call me that Jonathan Kent was my father I'm not trying to take his place you couldn't My mother seems to think there may be some good in you. I'm not so sure. It takes time, Clark. Maybe you will be. Or maybe you'll just show your true colors. Secret or no secret, you stay away from my mother. Or you'll wish I never saved your life. And welcome to the Free Your Geek podcast. I am your host, Jay Free. With me, my normal co-host, dressed all in his Boston Bruins gear, KB. What's up, what's up? What is up, KB? How have you been? It's been a couple weeks. Been good. Yeah, been we're, really good. we're back at it. Yes. So uh, for this particular episode, I gave it a cutesy little name of Stream a Little Stream of Me. Stream a little stream of me. It's like based off the song "Dream a Little Dream of Me." Stream a little stream of me. Stream a little stream of me. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, it's a, a yeah, tongue twister. It's a tongue twister. But uh, yeah, so we have. I've compiled some uh, information, some news, some all kinds of stuff from uh, the last two weeks. So some of this so it's by a the box t- full of surprises. Yeah, and some of the news might be outdated by the time you listen to this. Uh, but I just figured I'd, I'd put that caveat out there and let everybody know. But we're going to be talking. We're going to start with some HBO. And then go into some of our comic book news. But let's start with HBO. KB. Hobo. Yep. (laughs) Okay. HBO, uh, coincidentally enough, stands for Home Box Office. So that's that's a little fun fact. HBO, Home Box Office. But we're talking about HBO Max. So the name of the show of this particular episode, Stream a Little Stream of Me. And we're going to be talking about streaming services. And HBO Max is one of the newer streaming services. And KB, I, I know I kind of sent you the news article and we sent you the show notes uh, last week. And I, I don't know if you looked then, over them. Then you forgot to give it to me. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, well, so today's 
show so, notes you forgot to get. Yeah, so here's here's how this works, folks. I send him a link of the show notes. Not only do I do that, I have to print them out on a printer and physically hand them to him. That's how much KV preps for this show. But okay, let's let's talk let's get back on topic. Yeah. HBO Max via USA Today. The link is going to be in the show notes. HBO Max, fourteen ninety nine a month. How do uh, we'll we'll talk about? Okay, KB's giving a thumbs down. But would you pay fourteen ninety nine no. a month for? Well, hold on. Let's see what, what some of the content that's going to be on there. Some of the content that people love to binge anyway. Twenty three seasons of South Park. Friends, The Big Bang Theory. Now we we look at Netflix. Friends is huge for Netflix. Mm-hmm. So imagine Friends is leaving Netflix. If it's going over to HBO Max, will that convert enough people to go over and leave Netflix and go over to... And we're going to talk about that, the whole state of the streaming service, a little bit later on in the show, too. But The Big Bang Theory, Friends, two like highly lauded shows. Whether or not you like them, I'm not a huge fan of The Big Bang Theory. I'm a huge fan of The Big Bang Theory. Are you? Friends, no. See, I was I was the reverse. When I, for growing up, Friends was was the ish, ish. and uh, South Park. Who doesn't love South Park? But those, oh, of course, that's all the stuff you can binge. They're also going to be reviving Looney Tunes. They're going to have new cartoons with Porky Pig, Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck. They're going to be reviving that series, and that was huge when I was a child. And then they're doing another series called Jellystone, which you aptly mentioned is all the Hanna-Barbera mm-hmm. characters. I don't know if it's going to be individual like 10-minute episodes of all the different shows, but it's going to contain the Flintstones, the Jetsons, and Yogi Bear. Is this new stuff or like... It's all going to be new too? stuff. It's all a new show. So I don't know if it's going to be maybe like 10-minute Flintstone short, 10-minute Jetson short, 10-minute Yogi Bear, yeah. or if it's going to be the characters interacting with each other. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how many people are going to flock to Hanna Barbera content, but 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 I mean, think of like the the age group they're going after. Yeah. It's not going to be the younger, you know, eight the eighteen to yeah. twenty five year old kids. No, they're going after people our age. The, in the yeah, the more 30s, established 40s. people that have what we call in the business disposable income. Disposable income, absolutely. But for other people and for some of the youngins, we're going to have some two two new DC series are coming to HBO Max. Yep. One is the Green Lantern. And the other is Strange, Adv- Strange Adventures. And this is going to be run by Greg Berlanti, who's developing these series. And Greg Berlanti does the CW mm-hmm. shows. But now he's going to be on HBO Max. So think of like what Watchmen is doing. Are these animated, do we know? Uh, I don't believe so. I think they're going to be live action. Mm, okay. I'm not. I'm not sure. But I'm usually the, the Strange Greg... Adventures one sounds interesting to me. So yeah, let's let's see. Uh, let's read from uh, this is from Variety. It says uh, Berlanti is set to executive produce both a series adaptation of Strange Adventures as well as a series inspired by the Green Lantern. According to an individual with knowledge of the deals, both projects are expected to go to series. The announcements were made as as part of Warner Media's presentation on key details of HBO's Max, including the pricing, which we just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, Strange Adventures is being described as a DC superhero anthology that will feature characters from across the DC canon. The one-hour drama will explore closed-ended stories mm. about intersecting lives of ordinary humans and superhumans, but details on the Green Lantern series are being kept under wraps. Hmm. Interesting. But, I, I'd like to see some of the lesser DC characters we don't get to see. And the cool thing is it looks like it's not going to be like a, a serial... Yeah, there'll be some connections, but it won't be like an like ongoing have, story. You won't have to watch the previous episode yeah. to know what this episode's all about. I'd which, like to see you know, characters like uh, like Lobo, Constantine, uh, Dr. Dr. Faith. 
Doctor Faye, uh, just those other characters that we swamp, don't swamp get things. Thing. The Swamp Thing can, uh, series got canceled on DC Universe. Yeah, Huntress, that'd be amazing. You know, you know bat, those, those the are the ones I want to extended see. Bat Family, uh, Azrael, yeah. like that would be cool. That'd be very yeah. very cool. So that show has piqued my interest. Or what if they do even something like um, like Orange is the New Black or, or something else with dealing with Arkham? That well, well, I don't know Orange is the New Black, but like you know what I mean? Like, like <laughs> yeah, I know what the you're Wire, so, yeah. something with like yeah. you know, Prison Break, anything like in, in that type of vein as well. Again, it's HBO Max. Yeah. It's not going to be you know TV fourteen. This is going to be like TV MA stuff. Yeah, probably. I don't know. Again, details are still very uh, light. But Berlanti was quoted as saying both of these original DC properties will be creating for HBO Max will be like anything un- unlike anything seen on television. An anthology series of cautionary <laughs> tales set in a world where superpowers exist and in what promises to be our biggest DC show ever made, we will be going to space with a Green Lantern television series. But I can't reveal any more about that just yet. So if they let's 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 leave uh, strange adventures behind and let's just kind of speculate a little bit on the Green Lantern series. Okay, which Green Lantern? That's what, is Big it going to be the core? Is it going to be Hal Jordan? Is Sinestro. it going to be Sinestro? John Stewart? Yeah. Well, maybe going to be more focused on the. Or core? maybe it'll be like a buddy cop with John Stewart and Guy Gardner. Maybe you know, it'll, or, you know, are we going to see a lot of those Kilo, you know characters like Kilowog and you know um, Chip? I think is one of them. And, and what's what's the the the. Sinestro, Sinestro's equivalent to Kilo, Kilowog. Um, oh, the name is escaping. Oh, me. you're putting me on the spot. I'll have to Google that. But um, the, the, his name is escaping me. But Atrocitus. Uh, no, no, Atrocitus is a Red Lantern. But still, there's another character. Right. Well, you, that's we can you can see. do the entire spectrum. Yeah. You can have the Star Sapphires. You can have the Sinestro Corps. You can have the Blue Lanterns. You could have uh, the Red Lanterns. Uh, the, the skies. And again, imagine imagine that if it is a series, imagine doing a separate season of all these different. Yeah, uh, different Green Lantern cores, or or the Green Lantern core, and all the different uh, spectrum they intersect cores. with these other, and then you have a big like you know the, they're already doing like the DC crossovers on the CW. Imagine having a giant crossover with all those different cores on HBO Max. Yeah. I think that'd be really really cool. Or intersecting, we already know Strange Adventures is coming out with different. Maybe it intersects with that a little bit here maybe and there. They can bring the same actors over, yep, not all the time, but maybe once in a while. Maybe like think it. I, the way I think of it too is think of it like even with the Green Lanterns, I'm I'm picturing picturing more like something along the lines of Star Wars in the sense that if it's going to be set in space, yeah. can you imagine like you know them going to different planets and seeing different or or even like a Star Trek, yeah. like in a, you know a '60s Star Trek vibe where they go to a different planet Ooh. and every oh, oh KB God. KB's getting blown up, <laughs> KB's getting blown up. He's very popular. His phone's going off, but um, yeah, no, I just think it'd be a cool series. To, to basically be able to see different like corners of the uh, DC galaxy, I think it'd be kind of cool. Also, too, I mean, all the different planets, like they different planets, all the species that they can do and things like that, because it's so so wide open. That's basically what I just said. Okay. <laughs> no, I no, I'm just trying to say it in a different way, like with 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 the different aliens and things like that. Like I think you saw you were saying more like the the different. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Star Trek, they go to different planets, yeah, they get okay. different alien yeah. races. It's gonna be it's gonna be cool what they can do. And I think like Star Wars, think about like that scene in the Cantina with all the different species of aliens. Think of yep. you know, like I just think it's gonna be cool where you can kind of have like these space cops 
going across the universe and, and space cops. That's what it is. Space cops. They're core, man. You just hope it's done right. I'd love to see. I'd love to see. Honestly, I'm hoping yeah. it's a, a John Stewart, Guy Gardner, buddy cop going through and like that would be interesting. You know, the, the, the even like the Guardians, like Gantha and stuff like that. Like I think would be really cool to see how they do. No, it de- definitely would be. But if that show fails. But it's gonna be on. It's gonna be on a streaming service, so you can binge it. Yeah. Or it's gonna be. I don't know if they're gonna go the Disney Plus route and do it episodically, like week by week, and release a new episode. Maybe. But again, it's gonna lure more fans over. And I, I, if I believe the rumors, the rumors are, saying, are out there that the DC Universe streaming service is gonna be uh, absorbed Warped. into this. Into HBO, not yeah, Warner Brothers. Because it's, well, HBO and Warner Brothers are the same. They're thing. doing the same. Okay, gotcha. So I, I wonder if it's all gonna be part of that. That would make sense. I don't know how how well they're doing with the DC streaming service. Well, I I know that the Titans are getting rave reviews. Doom Patrol is getting rave reviews. As Doesn't a, necessarily translate in dollars though. Right. How many subscribers do you have? Yeah. And I think a lot of it, if it gets absorbed into like a Warner Brothers streaming service, with HBO or HBO Max or, or anything like that, I think it'll be it'll be better. Those shows overall will be more worthwhile. I think. Right. right. So that's very interesting. But speaking of HBO. There's two other shows coming or that were rumored to be coming to HBO, both revolving around Game of Thrones. Um, the first article that we have here is uh, House of Dragons via CNBC. Uh, HBO has confirmed details on the new Game of Thrones prequels called House of Dragon. Dragon? House of, I don't know. I, I think it's oh, House of the Dragon. I apologize. Uh, The cable network announced Tuesday, well, this is going to be two Tuesdays ago, based on when we're recording this, that it had ordered 10 episodes of the spinoff series based off George R.R. Martin's companion book, Fire and Blood. And this series is going to take place 300 years before the events of Game of Thrones. The series will depict the stories of the Targaryen kings who had long ruled Westeros. So far, what are your thoughts on just the synopsis? Too far in the past. You think it's too far? Yeah. You wanted something what a little bit more recent yeah. to kind of like lead into lead the series? Into, yeah. It's a little too far for me. Like the Rise of the Lannisters, like that was rumored for a while. Mm. A show like that, and like that would make sense to me because you're taking the younger Jamie, the younger, you know what I mean, like the young, or starting with um, you know, the father there. It's been a while. Tywin. Tywin. Starting with him, you know what I mean? Like something like that to me would be more interesting than going back that far. And I'm going to totally butcher these names, but uh, Miguel Sapochnik and Ryan Condal will partner as showrunners, according to the premium cable channel, with uh, both also poised to work as executive producers alongside Martin and Vince Geradis. And uh, Casey, Bo- Casey Bloys, the president of HBO programming, said the following in a statement. Uh, The Game of Thrones universe is so rich with stories. We look forward to exploring the origins of House Targaryen and the earlier days of Westeros along with Miguel, Ryan, and George. Uh, Sapochnik, who directed six episodes of the flagship show, including Battle of the Bastards, uh, is going to direct the House of Dragon pilot. So House of the Dragon pilot, rather. So the dude that made Battle of the Bastards, which is probably arguably one of the best. Again, it's IMDb's highest rated episode. Yeah. So he's going to be directing the pilot. So I think it's in good hands. I'm curious to see which way they go. But we talked about uh, a little earlier in in an earlier episode about the Watchmen series. And 
I think, you know, everything's every HBO, I feel, is trying to find the next Game of Thrones. If mm-hmm. it's set in this world and it has that same tone mm-hmm. to which we know, it's going to be learning new characters, obviously. But are we going to be rooting for the Targaryens knowing how the story plays out in the end? And the way the show went out in the end, so many people being disappointed, do they care? That's going to be the question. Can we bring some of those fans back? Again, the there is the last the the last season. Now that's not on streaming. That is going to be that, that's going to be on the premium premium channel. HBO, but it's going to be on HBO Max. I'm sure, it as will well. be too. Yeah. So HBO Max, I think, is going to be similar to HBO Go and HBO yeah. Now. It's going to have all the same. They'll, stuff. they'll rebrand the whole thing. Yeah. Right. Um. So yeah, I'm very I'm very like I know the last season of Game of Thrones is very very divisive. People either love it. They hate it, or they're kind of like, meh. I, I think the price point, though, is really steep. Well, we're going back to HBO Max, but talking about just the series of Game of Thrones. I, I know, but I'm just saying, like, if, if you, because we, we were talking about that a little bit just now, because um, we were saying, you know, that show would be on HBO Max as well. You know, so to me, that's just a little, a little, a little much. Um, and would this show bring more subscribers to HBO Max? Like, not get the. Right, not, not get the channel, not, not you know pay, what I mean, and right. just get HBO Max. You're absolutely right. So Maybe it depends on how they use it. That's what I was trying to get to. Got you. Got um, you. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out because that, that price point, going back to that, I think that's the same price as Netflix, no? No. What's close. the uh, – I, I think I think Netflix is close to it. Uh, I'm going to look that up, though, as we I think talk. I think Netflix with HD, I'm paying like twelve ninety nine or something like that. Not HD, like UHD, like ultra high def. So I don't know if there's any differences oh, so in that. Yeah, if it's yeah. 4K, it's $16 a month. Yep. Uh, no, the standard is $13 a month, and premium is $16 a month. Yeah. So it's, it's Comcast pays for mine, so. Oh, well, thank you. So Good. Thank you, Comcast. Yep. So, Save my Netflix, so. Well, it's curious to see. So it'll be on both HBO Max and the actual premium channel, yep. uh, House of the Dragon. You know what's not coming, though, is the other planned prequel. Which was? Uh, so this comes via deadline. Uh, Game of Thrones prequel canceled. HBO has more Game of Thrones in the pipeline, but the prequel written by Jane Goldman, which was going to be starring Naomi Watts, is no longer happening. Showrunner Goldman has been emailing the cast and crew of the project to tell them that the pilot is dead. The development has not been confirmed by HBO at this time, but the prequel, created by the Kingsman scribe and George R. R. Martin, takes place a thousand years before the wars, <laughs> romances, and dragons of the Kit Harrington uh, and Amelia Clark, uh, Amelia Clark Game of Thrones, which wrapped up its blockbuster eight season run in uh, eight season run in May. Uh, weaving so this new series that was canceled, this prequel that was canceled, was supposed to be weaving in issues of race, power, intrigue, and White Walkers. Uh, it was given a green light back in June two thousand eighteen, mm-hmm. but has now been scrapped. So they had a star on board in Naomi Watts, mm-hmm. and they had it looks like they had a plan. George R. R. Martin was help writing it, and they canceled it. Why? We we will never know. I'm nope. Sure. They're gonna keep their uh, their lips pretty tight. But again, we have multiple. There's still other prequels of Game of Thrones out there. So for those looking to get your Game of Thrones fix, 2020 and 2021 are gonna be uh, ripe for the picking as far as HBO and HBO Max. So again, to your point, maybe that's worth picking it up and, and i'm sure they're going to start doing like trials like a free month or a free week or whatever to check it out yeah um speaking of streaming services uh, battle as, of the streaming service as we uh record is. this 
Uh, I'm trying to. I can't remember the date that uh, Disney Plus is. I thought it was the twelfth. Is it the twelfth? So today's the sixth of this as of this recording. So we're six days away from. Yes, that is correct. That it's the day after Veterans Day. So we are six days away from the launch of Disney Plus and The Mandalorian. One of the series that's coming to Disney Plus is Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. And in an earlier podcast, we mentioned that Haley Steinfeld was being tapped to play to Kate Bishop. But is Haley Steinfeld still on board to play Kate Bishop? Ah, the plot thickens. Steinfeld said that's not something that's necessarily happening. Uh, she's right now, uh, she's got another series on another streaming service, Apple Plus mm-hmm. Dickinson. She plays Emily Dickinson. Uh, on the Apple Plus TV series, but she was talking to RadioTimes.com and said that's not necessarily that's not something that's necessarily happening. Uh, we're going to wait and find out, I guess. So it's mm-hmm. it's uh, up in the air. It's it's a area of intrigue, and she's not trying to downplay it, but she's not confirming it either. And also from Radio Times says while Steinfeld's involvement in Hawkeye was never officially confirmed by Marvel. A story in September 2019 suggested she was on the cusp of accepting the part of Kate Bishop, a privileged young woman who becomes Hawkeye's crime-fighting partner, also codenamed Hawkeye, in Matt Fraction's popular comic book mm-hmm. run on the character, which the Disney Plus series is set to be based on. Uh, and then RadioTimes.com also says, still, if the thorny issue does work out, Steinfeld says that her time learning the ropes of TV on Dickinson will more than prepare her for life in the small screen MCU. She's quoted as saying, I think generally speaking, this sort of experience has prepared me for working in this sort of space. So whatever opportunity might present itself in this space, I do think I will be able to tackle it now that I've had some experience under my belt. So again, she's primarily a, a movie actor, mm-hmm. and she's a recording artist. So TV and movies, obviously, are very, yep. very different. Movies you could be shooting like all day for one particular mm-hmm. scene, where you know TV TV shows they try to turn an, an episode, you know, you try to do uh, in one week to ten days mm-hmm. to get an episode completed. So it's a little bit more of a high profile, quick turnaround time for the episodes. So I don't know. What are your thoughts on? Uh, Haley Steinfeld, do we want to see Kate Bishop in a Hawkeye series, or do we think that Jeremy Renner can carry the series the f- solo? The fact that it's based on the Matt Fraction book, it, it, you need to have both of them, because the book is about both of them. Um, so, without getting too spoilery, have you read the books? Oh, yeah. So, Matt can you give what, so awesome. what's what's the uh, synopsis? It's kind of, it, it, it's not dark, it's kind of, well, it's kind of a mixture of dark and, and funny, so I could picture it being like kind of a little, little bit of the dark humor, some perverted humor. Um, but it's basically like what Hawkeye does in his downtime when he's not with the Avengers. So basically it's like, oh, he, he, and it's kind of hard cause I don't know cause they're, if they're tying it directly to the MCU, uh, in this, he, in, in the, in the book, he was, they go through all of his wives. So he was married to Mockingbird. He was married to the widow. He was married to somebody else. But anyway, like they all show up at some point playing as his ex-wife. You know what I mean? Uh, things like that. He he owns a, a apartment building, and he's just trying to save the people of the community from a gang. And then it just keeps developing, and the story just keeps developing. And it's it's really good. It, it's really really good. And um, it does paint a picture of a more kind of irresponsible Hawkeye, where the MCU doesn't really have a 
Hawkeye that's like drinking or you know what I mean? Like, well, just maybe like, maybe after losing Nat in maybe that Endgame, the it's, draw. It's, it's, yeah, caught, you know, and then he's got his family back, but he comes. Maybe he gets a little bit more withdrawn, and then his yeah. wife and kids, like you know, they kind of now it's like he's he's alone now, yeah. and he you know maybe he's down in the dumps, and then he picks up you know uh, Kate Bishop and yeah. starts training her because he misses. We were already given like clues to it in mm-hmm. Endgame where he was shooting with his shooting an arrow with his daughter. Mm-hmm. So maybe he we've already seen kind of like the illusions and and the nod to that. So maybe if something happens where he becomes so withdrawn after losing his best friend, you know. His wife maybe leaves him, and he or, takes off for a while, and or or just leaves. Yeah, just leaves. So can't there's deal there's, with there's it, ways so. around that for yeah. sure. So it'll be interesting to see where they go with it. But I think it's a it's a necessary show because I think Hawkeye is somebody that, uh, especially like we saw the whole Ronin thing, and it was like it just wasn't enough for me. Right, it wasn't enough. Like I want to see more of him. I want to know more psychologically what's going on with him. Yeah, and and Renner like Renner got his time to shine as as Ronan, but like yeah, I'm curious to see to your point, what can they do with him in a solo series? Is it going to be dark and broody, mm-hmm. or is it going to be you know a broken man? Even though he got his family back, maybe he's never yep. really accepted him back. I don't know. You know, there, they have to be careful with these shows because they don't want to go too dark if they're tied directly in with the MCU. Yeah, that's that's true too. But they could, you know, we've seen you say too dark, but we've seen some dark stuff from. Winter Soldier killing yeah. the Starks to you know all yeah. this other the stuff that's really really. I'm dark. talking like DC feel. Oh yeah yeah yeah. They don't want to go like dark in a like or like or like Netflix Daredevil dark. You don't know. Maybe they do. Maybe, maybe. they do. Maybe. But that's that's coming to Disney Plus. So I mentioned Disney Plus in that article. Apple Plus, and we have and H- HBO Max. And the Disney Plus. Price points like what seven ninety nine? Yeah, something something six ninety nine something. So that that brings us to our discussion topic. Um, Is there a problem? Do we have too many streaming services? Absolutely. I mean, I'm just I made a list, and you mentioned a little earlier. There's some I could be missing. Yeah, but we have for just for live TV to watch live TV. We have live TV with Hulu, YouTube TV, AT and T Now, Sling, PlayStation View. uh, You know. All of them, it's live TV. They each have their own specific channels. And packages. And, and packages. And then you have content, just like the content where you can binge watch stuff. Apple uh, Apple TV+, Plus, Disney+, Plus, Hulu, Netflix, Amazon Prime. HBO Max now. HBO Max. There's going to be so many just uh, so. Netflix, you didn't even mention Netflix. I, I did. Oh, I mentioned did? Netflix. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so as I'm saying, all those, you know. Again, where do we think? Who do we think? Oh, not to mention that's what we talked about the all the stations that have their own streaming, right? And then and they, and, they and, may want to go bigger with that. Maybe AMC when they start making these Rick Grimes movies and stuff. Yeah, we might be like, you know what? It's only on AMC streaming, and, and that's the point. I think it's going to be come down to a, a a method of what series are you intrigued by? Because, like to your point, uh, we talked about Friends and Big Bang Theory. <laughs> The Office is huge on Netflix, and NBC is pulling it because they're creating their own oh, streaming yep. service, which they're going to have NBC, uh, The Office solely on that. So is that going to force a lot of people that like to binge watch The Office to to pick up the NBC If Netflix streaming? wants to save itself, it has to pick up more on its original series. I agree. I mean, right now, Stranger Things, uh, Black Mirror. They also of- cancel a lot of shows that are popular. Right. For some reason. Maybe it might be because they, they, you know, they have the analytics of what people are watching and what people are streaming. If it's just like these series, then that's the thing. But to to going back to my earlier point, CBS All Access has a specific Star Trek series 
They're doing specific series that's only available on the app. That's not on demand. Mm-hmm. It's not on demand. It's not on the you know the airwaves. You can't put on CBS and watch it air at eight thirty on a Tuesday. But I, I think that's one of the problems is that you end up sometimes you end up liking shows or have interest in shows on all of the streaming services. So then it becomes well, what are you going to sacrifice? Well, that that that's the. But this is kind of the other point. You have the ability to cancel at any time. So would you Pick theoretically be like? Oh, okay. I'm gonna cancel Netflix until Stranger Things the next season drops. Yeah. Then I'll subscribe back. But that's probably what I'm gonna be doing. And then cancel like it again. Same thing with like Hulu. Like I, I thought about Hulu the other day. I'm like, I watch one show. Right. Or two shows. Like, why am I keeping it all year and spending a fortune? Right. You know, not it's, a fortune because Hulu's not expensive. Right. But, but I think Hulu, I think is you can add on commercial free is like eleven. But I think you're gonna well. be able to add on Disney Plus if you're already part of hulu see so i don't even know what that's going to entail right yet, so we so. Ha- will have to wait until it until if they, if they can package it that'd be great i believe so i think it's going to be like three extra bucks or four extra bucks something like that but yeah. i think once disney plus drops that's when they're going to because i was looking into it that's when they're going to start giving the packages if you already pay for hulu with the amount extra yeah. that you're going to pay or maybe you'll just pay that on top of the hulu i don't know but yeah. um yeah it's very very interesting i actually purchased a new iphone recently so i got a year of apple plus for free yeah but again Unless something like amazing comes. What's headlining on Apple Plus right now? Uh, Dickinson is the uh, the series, and then I haven't watched it yet. But there's a uh, Jason Momoa helmed series that's coming to to Apple Plus. Yep, I saw that. I saw that advertised. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I don't think anything else grabs me. But like to to the point. uh, Two series here, two series here, two series here, and then so it's like, am I better sticking with cable at that point? Yeah. So that's 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 my issue. Is like I could probably do live TV through Hulu. Depending on what packages they have, you know, I'm a big proponent. Cause I, other than sports shows, everything else I can watch on demand. I don't have to necessarily yeah. watch live. Yeah. So football, football is the only thing I'd want to watch. And in my apartment, I and can't, it's only a few months a year, right? And I can't get a, necessarily a digital antenna in this apartment, or anything like that. Yeah, because uh, I tried it on the wall, and because it's not like next to a window, I get a yeah. very bad signal. So it's like I can't even do that. So I think I'm going to be canceling cable once my uh, once the the football season is over. And then I'll probably go to one of these live series, and I'll just have to go through. Cable I hear you, the YouTube TV has YouTube good TV sports. Is, yes, so they get the, all the local channels yeah. on there, so I'd be able to essentially do that. Yeah. So, yeah, I just I wonder. And then going back to cable with all these streaming services, do you think cable can still survive? Will it thrive? Of course. Or do you think because be, they're gonna because they're just gonna bump up the internet connection charges? That's all. But I'm saying, or, or are they going to be smart enough to realize that this is, and they haven't really, they've started doing it now, but will they start lowering their pricing? No. No, I don't think if so. They, I think if they see it affects more and more people and more and more people are leaving cable, going back to our point. They will re-strategize. I don't think they'll try to lower their prices. I think they'll re-strategize paying the same price. Maybe maybe at some point it becomes an option of what streaming services you want versus what channels you well, want. Well, going back to my point, so if you say you want all these streaming services and now it's like, say, even let's just, it's just rough numbers, 100 bucks a month, if cable can get to like, hey, 75 a month, yeah. Plus internet or whatever, you know, then you're going to be like, well, to hell with those streaming services. I'll I'll take or I'll go, you know, I'll stick with the cable provider yeah. because I'm going to get it cheaper with this package as opposed to paying one hundred and eighty dollars and yeah. getting, you know, these channels plus not getting these streaming. Last time I checked into cutting the cord, it was costing me almost the same. Yeah. And so I just I just think it's going to be interesting. I think cable is going to feel a little bit more of the heat, especially with live TV. With yeah. these contracts, with these live TV, because that's what's it's gonna basically sports is what's to. gonna catch catch them. It's gonna it's gonna kill them. And I think I think you know between these other 
uh, networks developing their own streaming And honestly, services. though, for football, like you could even just get a digital antenna. Like I said, you can't, but right. most people, I'm saying most people right. can get the you know high-def antenna and get right. the basic channels. You'll, you'll miss the Thursday and Monday game, but the weekend or games you still go have. With, you go with YouTube TV, and it gives you the local channels for the most yeah. part, yeah. And, you're, and you're good. There's it's, options. It's 40 bucks a month. There's options. It's nice to see that people at least have options now. Yeah. Because for the longest time, it's like Com- Comcast or and Cox, our, those cable yeah. companies just, just seem to just monopolized the whole thing. Same so here. and there's no Verizon FiOS lines in in the area. So what do, what do I have? Right. <laughs> you know. Right. So it's good that there's choices. Well, and speaking of choices, I think we should choose to go to break. And coming back from the break, we have uh, a couple of casting news pieces that I want to talk to you about the upcoming film, mm-hmm. The Batman, and then we'll be talking the about. Yes, that's that's actually a pretty good impression. And then when we come back, after that, we'll be talking a retrospective of Rhode Island Comic-Con. Woohoo! So we'll be back after these messages. Hey everyone, I want to quickly tell you about 4041 Media. 4041 Media is a collection of podcasts in the southern New England area. And in addition to the great show that is Free Your Geek, you can check out 4041media.com and listen to the Psych Your Crime podcast to figure out why the crazies commit the crimes that they do. Or if movies are more your thing, check out the cast of characters at Movie Theater Time Machine. You can hear all of that at 4041media.com. That's 4041media.com. 4041media. For listeners, by listeners. Enigma, decode that message all by yourself, Mockridge? Or did you have help? You're trespassing, Enigma. Get out. You can't kill this deal. I'm selling out to Wayne, and there's nothing you can do to stop me. Of course there isn't. You don't understand. I have a proposition for you. You've come up with a new game? This? No, this puzzle is far more than any mere game. Wouldn't you agree? Or do you need to try it yourself? Solve it. Then we'll talk. Oh, for crying out loud. What is this? Some kind of extortion scheme? You think I want money? Not anymore. What I want now is you. isn't it? Who invited you? You know what happens to gate crashers? They have to match wits with the Riddler. And welcome back to the Free Your Geek podcast. And now we move into some additional news. Uh, KB, I, I kind of led uh, a little earlier. The uh, There's a new upcoming movie. Ben Affleck has stepped down as Batman, as is well documented. Good. I disagree. I loved him as Batman. No, not that not that he wasn't that he couldn't be good at it or that I didn't like him as Batman. It just seemed like his heart wasn't in it. I think it was just too much drama. I know he was he was willing to do it, but with all like bad uh, reviews and yeah, all just, the, it just yeah. But they're coming out with a new movie called okay. The Batman. Okay. 
And you're starring in it? I wish. You are going I to be Bruce to. Wayne? No, I would I would play like... Penguin? Penguin, or I'd play like uh, Thomas Wayne, so just so I could get shot and be out of the movie and not have to do much. <laughs> um, or I'd play I'd play Martha. Martha! <laughs> um, You'd make a good Martha. I, I'd be great at it. Uh, so we know that so far, announced that we've have casted, we have Robert Pattinson okay. as Batman, a.k.a. the dude from Twilight. Okay. Uh Paul Dano, or Dano, I don't know how to pronounce his name. I know he's yeah. more Broadway, but he's going to be the Riddler. And Zoe Kravitz is going to be Catwoman. In addition to all of that, we have Colin Farrell is in talks. No, the Penguin. Is the Penguin? Yeah. So it looks like it's going to be the Penguin. Let me double check. I'll, I'll double check that. I get the, It just I get, doesn't seem like the role for him. I mean, we've seen him as Bullseye in the, speaking of Ben Affleck, the Ben Affleck Daredevil. Uh, so we've seen him as Bullseye. We know he likes to have a little bit of fun uh, with that. He had fun. Yeah, Colin Farrell is in talks to play the Penguin, rounding out the Batman villain trio. So it's going to be the Riddler, Catwoman, and the Penguin, hmm. apparently, as the villains for the Batman. And I, I kind of have an issue with this. Okay. Not necessarily for the casting, because I think I think Colin Farrell... The villains do, don't really go together that well, do they? Not even that they don't go together. I think it's overkill. It's We've, we've learned this from way back in the day yeah. with Spider-Man 3, when they used the Green Goblin, Sandman, you, and Venom. You need, like, one villain, and then, like, another one kind of around. You do individual villains, and yeah. then you do the big team-up yeah. later on. Yeah. Um, but again, I'm just, that's my only thing I'm concerned about. But one of the other casting pieces that I'm really happy about, mm-hmm. uh, Andy Serkis. Okay. Uh, known as Gollum and Caesar and mm-hmm. the, and, uh, uh, what was he played? Was it, uh, who did he play in Black Panther and, and Civil War? Oh my God. Ulysses Claw. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's in talks to play Alfred. That's interesting. So I think I think with Robert Pattinson being a younger Batman, like you know, he's a, he's a younger dude. He's not like like forties. I think he's like in yeah. his late twenties, early thirties. If that, I'll, I'll double check that later. But um, yeah, Andy Serkis playing an Alfred. Alfred, not like super like you know. We know Michael Caine did a great job in the Nolan movies. Uh, I think Serkis, you know, did a great job in like, and I believe the uh, director of the Batman movie. Uh, or the director of the movie, The Batman, did the last two Planet of the Apes movies, which he was in. So, I mean... Which those movies did very well. And I think... So, I'm, I'm very curious to see uh, how that pans out. But any of that casting news or any of those kind of shock you or concern you? I don't know. Just Colin Farrell as Penguin just seems... I don't know. It just doesn't seem like a role for him. Why do you say that? I don't know. I would just picture him more being the Riddler or the... Yeah, I just, I'm sorry, but when I think of Penguin, I think of Danny DeVito. <laughs> and I just, I just don't, I don't know. I, I just don't see, I just don't see it. I, like, I would love to see him be Two-Face or Colin Farrell still acts. Apparently. <laughs> um, no, the, the casting's okay, I guess. You know, I, I'm not going to doubt something till I see it. I think well, you say, case. you say that Danny DeVito, what about uh Robin Lord Taylor from Gotham? He did a different version of the penguin that I think is very intriguing. Well, I guess if you're going with a younger Batman, maybe it's, but see Colin Farrell's an older. Well, yeah. So Robert, Robert Pattinson is 33 right now. Okay. So, he, he so it's be, not younger. younger he wouldn't Batman be like a 20 something yeah. year old Batman, but it's going to be like, you know, in a Batman, uh, the Batman that's been maybe established a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think 
Colin Farrell, I think he's a very good actor, despite yep. some of the negative press he's gotten in the past for his like playboy and party behavior and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I liked him. Like you could see how much fun, even though the the script was horrible and the movie wasn't that great. But the Ben Affleck Daredevil movie done mm-hmm. years ago, he was having so much fun as Bullseye. You could kind of tell. Like you know, yeah. I don't think it'll be like Jim Carrey as the Riddler level of like goofiness mm-hmm. or, or fun. But I think he'll enjoy it. Yeah, I think I think he'll enjoy playing that role. Um, Zoe Kravitz, I'm curious to see on how she attacks Catwoman, Catwoman. if it's going to be like a combination of the Michelle Pfeiffer, Halle Berry version, or it's going to be a totally different version of uh, the Anne Hathaway version. I don't know. But again, I guess it depends on what the voice is going to be of this movie. Is it going to be more of a Christopher Nolan, like realism gritty type of thing? Or is it going to be a little bit more out there where it's going to be like, you know, hey, here is Clayface. Here is, (laughs) you know, some of this stuff that's a little bit tougher for you know the element of disbelief uh i think it's going to be very very interesting but that's our dc news and now we're going to move on to another piece real quick we're going to kb i threw this in for you okay it's marvel and its video games okay so this is about stan lee and his influence on the video game upcoming marvel's uh, avengers Mm -hmm. so we saw the trailer and i wasn't really totally blown away with it but it looks like a fun game the Um, more i've watched like uh gameplay the more impressed I am. Okay, so so that's see that's good. I haven't seen any of that, but um, I want to talk about from comicbook.com. Uh, they put out an article that says uh, while Stanley unfortunately passed away last year before Marvel's Avengers was able to be released, the presence of the legendary visionary will still be felt on the 2020 bound PS4, Xbox One, PC, and Google Stadia game. According to Crystal Dynamic Studio head Scott Amos, the narrative leads on the game actually visited Stan Lee during the early stages of the game's development for some advice on creating a Marvel story. So, uh, let's see. Uh, Amos said, Stan was a a complicated guy. He just loved his characters. We actually asked him, what does he want to do and what is his characterization? We had questions through fans and members of even Marvel saying, well, what can we ask him? What is his relationship with us? What do we have to do? And Amos added, the beauty of Stan was that he made these characters because he wants to love them and enjoy them. He had this perception that any comic could be somebody's first and that stuck with me. And I think that's very, very mm-hmm. telling. Like he, he would tell a story that if even if you're not familiar with the Avengers at this point to play a video game and be reintroduced to these characters and have this, the narrative Make it stick. play out mm-hmm. in such a way that you can be brought into this universe without having all, all that, the background and all that backlog yeah. and, and myriad of knowledge, I think is very, very interesting. So I'm very, I'm very, very happy with that. I'm very happy. Crystal Dynamics has done very well with, uh, was it like Tomb Raider and and all that stuff? Like they've just knocked it out. And the fact that they had respect for Stan to actually go Go to him and ask his opinion on how the storyline. How would you go about this? I'm hoping we see some of Stan's fingerprints on this game when it gets released. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll be really cool and put in a a Stan cameo. I think that'd be amazing. I think that'd be fun. Just into the game to just kind of. Have some fun with it. And well, it's fun because now, did you ever meet Stanley? No, I did not. No, so we, did you? you and I both missed no, him. I saw him, him at one of the, the local cons. Yeah. Um, and in between the episodes, in between the break that I just we just played and the start of this episode, I put in a couple of clips uh, by an actor named uh, John Glover, 
And the first clip was John Glover and Tom Welling from Smallville because we're going to be now talking about Rhode Island Comic Con 2019. (laughs) And last year we had Tom Welling as one of the guests who I met. And this year we had John Glover who played Lionel Luther and voiced the Riddler in Batman the Animated Series. He was there and I got the chance to meet him. Uh, but KB, I just want to go with you first, and we'll we'll talk about some of the uh, the other guests we met and and just our overall feel. But what do you think this year, uh, Rhode Island Comic Con, as compared to last year and previous years? A little bit more downplayed. It didn't really? seem as busy to me as it has in previous years. I felt like I could get around more. I actually got seats to eat, not sitting on the floor like on a Sunday too. Like I I felt like it was really it was done a lot better. I think it was a better managed. I'm just disappointed in all the cancellations they had because they had a ton of cancellations. They did have a lot of cancellations. Um, lot of we were talking a little bit offline. Uh, Dave Batista, who was pretty much the person I wanted to see the most, had a family emergency and uh, couldn't attend. But uh, yeah. a couple other people dropped out that yeah. were uh, some of the headliners. Elizabeth Berkeley, who I yeah. I was, this is pun intended, I was so excited to see because she played Jesse Spano. And Saved by the Bell, I was so excited. I'm so excited. Thank you, KB. That's that's. So I just tried to do the pun and, and kept yeah. it a little bit high level. KB just went right on the nose. Oh and, yeah. And just, okay. How, how can you not? I got it. I got it. It's all good. But uh, yeah. So you thought it was a little. It wasn't as busy. I thought Saturday was about right for what Saturday typically yeah. did. But Sunday, but Friday and Sunday were. were so you went all three days. Oh yeah. I went all three days as well. Friday, I. I, I only thought, ran into you once. Yeah, Friday. Yeah. We ran into each other, but that was the slowest of the three days. Uh, Saturday. So for those that are unfamiliar, uh, it's essentially Rhode Island Comic Con is held right now in the uh, Prov- is it the Providence Convention Center. And honestly, it's expanding because it's a Dunk Center. Well, that's that's right? what I'm trying Dunkin- to explain. It's- so it's, it's usually they expanded to the Dunkin' Donuts Center, which is you know a nice hockey center you know, where the Providence Bruins play. You know, yep. there it's a hockey team, um, and then the convention center, and then and the now, now, now the Omni Hotel across the street, they open that up. So essentially the con is expanded to three different buildings Yeah, um, all in the vicinity of each other. There's a walkway from uh, the Providence Place Mall, which has a huge parking garage, to the Omni, and then you walk outside the Omni, and you're right at the convention center, and then it's about a half a block away. It's the Dunkin' Donuts Center, which is connected to the convention center via another uh, sky bridge. Mm-hmm. And on Saturday, to your point, on the Sky Bridge, I waited about 25 minutes to really? get across from one to the other because the line was so backed up. From the dunk to the... To go from the dunk to uh, the convention center. Funny thing was, I probably saw you in that line, and I said, you know what? I'm going to hit the dunk first, and then I'm going to go. So, yeah. So, the, the layout is very cool. So, the dunk basically is two levels. They have all the vendors in a big... It's, mm-hmm. Obviously, it's a big circular area that with all the vendors on the upstairs with the different, like... Food areas. They had like Doughboys. They had uh, Dunkin' Donuts. They had you know the typical like sh- uh, you know your food, you your food vendors. Event, yeah. yeah, your food vendors with your chicken fingers and your hot dogs and all that other stuff. And then your regular tables. Your, and then yep, your, your vendor tables. And then you make your way downstairs, which is where you know the the it's all the ice the the, the rink is, and it's all your headliners were there. So there was probably about ten headliners. Yep. And then the outside of that is more vendors. More vendors around that circle before you actually enter the arena. Yep. Um, so there was a lot of vendors just, in, and then you go over to the convention center and there's tons there's of vendors. Tons and that reminds me that like, there was, there was probably, honestly, I'd say what, like 200 vendors there. Yeah. Easy. Oh, easy, easy. 200 vendors. Uh, you know, it's like going, almost going like to a, a flea market yeah. sometimes. Cause it's like a geek flea market. Yeah. Tons of vendors selling action figures, replicas, and- props, 
clothing, artistic stuff. There was uh, there was actually I almost uh, I almost bit the bullet. I'm glad I didn't. But they were selling um, masks. I don't know if you saw like they were like the latex like superhero domino masks like a Nightwing would wear. I did not see that. And they have like adhesive on one side and you like it lasts for like five years. And it's like I'm gonna go spend twenty five dollars to get a Nightwing like you know domino mask over my eyes. I'm like that doesn't make sense, but it's more for kids. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, I thought it was really, really cool. And then, yeah, just the celebrity interaction. Yeah. Any any uh, cool celebrities that you met that you really enjoyed? This year, all of them. I enjoyed all of them. Really? I really did. I can honestly say that. Uh, I met uh, Donald Logue from um, Gotham. Yeah, we played Harvey Bullock he, in Gotham. He is an amazing actor. People don't understand his range because uh, he was on Sons of Anarchy. He was in SVU. Like he's And then he's also done a lot of comedy. Yep. He's, he's been done in some... a lot of stuff. And it was just nice to, like, it was funny. He was one of the first people that we saw, and he, he was a little late, and he, he just came and shook everybody's hand in the line before he started. That's cool. You know what I mean? And just said, hey, yeah, I'm sorry I'm late. You know, like, just so friendly and just so, you know, and you ask him questions, and I was like, oh, I loved you in Sons of Anarchy. And he's like, yeah, he's like, funny, sto- funny story. He's like, I had to shoot somebody twice in the same day because he did a scene. He said, people don't understand how hard it is to be because he's kind of more of the journeyman actor. He's more of a guest actor for like a season or two or right. whatever. He's not usually or a has full like a cast. story arc. And yeah. Then, yeah. Yeah. And then he's done. Um, Gotham was probably like one of the exceptions. But like he was saying, you know, in, in Sons of Anarchy, killed a girl in a hotel room that day. And then that night flew to Canada to film another show. I think it was called Chopper or something like that or a movie or, or show and had to kill another girl in a hotel room. <laughs> and he's just like. But the mindset's different because the character's different, even though it's the same scene. And then he was also saying, like, how, as I asked him, like, Sons of Anarchy, I've met a lot of those guys, uh, and, and they were a very close cast. And he's like, you know, he's like, when you are a guest star, you don't really get to get as close. He's like, but one thing he could say is that when you are a show, kind of the journeyman kind of guy like he is, they know when you're not bringing your A game on a big time show. You know, and that's the that's the most challenging part that he enjoyed. And it's just like those kinds of things that these celebrities share with you is what makes the experience. Uh, John, uh, Jonas Stamanos, Stomp, Jonas Stamos, Stamanos, the guy that plays Chewbacca now. Okay. So we went to talk with him. He was the nicest guy, and he was just talking how he how he learned from Peter Mayfell, Peter Mayfell, how to like move and how to make different motions and how to, you know, act and just. He took so much from him, and it's just nice to hear those stories. Uh, we met both people from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Natalie Cordova and Henry Simmons. Did you yep. meet them? I did not meet them, but that's they, Mac and both, Yo-Yo. Yep, both super, super nice people. Um, and then we met uh, Patrick Warburton, uh, family guy, Ted, the tick. Yep. Uh, super nice guy, super, super funny, just as funny in person as he is in, in, in real life. Uh, I'm not in real life, in, in on TV. Uh people before us had like a six-year-old and the six-year-old was just talking his air off and he was just like oh you need to check this show out and that show like he was just just so nice and christina ricci was a sweetheart too so uh so yeah like but that's the experience it's not the autograph it's not the picture well what day did you see uh christina ricci uh saturday so you saw Wednesday on a Saturday i saw Wednesday on a Saturday I just just want to make that bad joke the, the the Game of Thrones guys Alfie Allen uh Richard Richard Brake like those guys, I just love that they're okay saying the end. The end was crappy. Like both those guys, not that they said it directly. They said it politically. But they politically said like, yeah, you know, we could have done better. Blah 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 blah. Um, and I said to Alfie Allen, I said, 
you know, now that I thought about it, when the show was done, I'm like, Theon's arc was probably the most complete one. Yeah, Theon. Theon. Theon, had a Theon Theon's arc was probably the most compelling and complete story arc in the show. If you think about it now, going back, um, and he was like, "Oh, you know, thank you so much because I appreciate that," and uh, you know, and and that's just. It's just awesome. Like, that's why you go to these things. Um, most importantly, I met Neil Adams. That was that was. Something. How was he? He is a super nice guy, too. Like, he... was interesting was I bought a Vampirella piece that he did, and he did it at New York Comic Con, for New York Comic Con this past year. Only 50 pieces made. And he signed it and numbered it for me, which was really cool. It's a metal cover. Comic with a metal cover. Uh, and what was interesting was talking about the piece. I said to him, I said, oh, you, I said, you don't draw, like, you don't draw Vampirella. You know, you draw Batman, and, and he draws everything. I mean, he's been a part of everything. And he's like, you know, he's like, that's just the one piece. You just, you know, just wanted to do it, to do it, you know, uh, something different, you know, kind of stick you to it. Imagine having that clout to be like, this is the respect that I have in the industry that I can just pick and choose what character I want on. Yeah, yeah, and he, he was talking about how he saved X-Men you know, back in, I think he said like the 70s or the 80s, mm-hmm. that he, you know, just talking about, you know, how powerful the art is, you know. And the interesting thing was, so after I finished with him, there's another artist I like. His name's Buzz. He does a lot of the dynamite stuff, Vampirella, Red Sonja, that kind of stuff. Uh, I didn't know he was there. The guy working with Neil Adams said, oh, Buzz is, Buzz is here because I had the Rhode Island Comic Con Vampirella and uh, it was Buzz's cover. So I went to see Buzz, and Buzz charged for the books. He's in charge for a signature. So talking to Buzz, Buzz was like the nicest dude ever. Like you could tell when somebody just loves, like he was drawing as you were talking to him. You know what I mean? Just loves what he does. And I said to him, I said, oh, I said, I, I saw Neil Adams. He says, and I showed him the piece. He says, I talked Neil into drawing that piece. Very, but that, that again, shows the respect that Neil Adams has. Like- yeah. Like, again, hey, like, I respect you. I want you to draw this piece yeah. that I'm known for. Like, that's cool. Yeah. So that, really cool. that is, and, and remember we talked about Stanley and missing Stanley? Yes. I was debating on meeting Neil Adams and buying one of the books because all of his books are like 50, 60 bucks. Right. You know, um, and the guy that, um, you know, was taking the money or whatever talked me into it because he said, you know, he said, he had, I forget what celebrity, what, what artist it was that he talked about, but he's like, you know, I said I was going to go and meet this artist. And then, you know, a year later I passed, he, he passed and it's like, you regret it, you know, just like we kind of regret not meeting Stan Lee, you know, uh, cause he's 78 years old, Neil Adams. So, you know, it's like, well, yeah, if you're, if you're debating on buying this, it's like next year he may not be here. He, he comes every year. He usually yeah. comes to all right Comic Con every year. Um, but no, it was just so awesome to just hear them and, and, and just the artists, the fact that they knew each other and that they spoke to each other and that, you know, Buzz said, you know, it was like, oh yeah, I talked him into the, to that piece. Like, that's just a good, nice tidbit of information that you're not going to get anywhere else. Very true. Very true. You know, and that's the experience. Yeah. Uh, and kind of on the other side of the coin, um, and from my perspective, I didn't meet as many celebrities just yeah. because to me, like some like as we mentioned, the some of the bigger ones that I wanted to meet canceled. Yeah. <clears throat> I did meet a couple of wrestlers. Wrestlers that I was John Moxley, who I'm a fan of. Mm-hmm. He was cool. He's just he's just a laid back dude. So he was just like, whatever, man. Like, cool, come take a picture. He liked my yeah. shirt because I was wearing a Moxley shirt. Uh, I met Mick Foley and I apologized to Mick Foley because when I was sixteen years old in Fall River, Massachusetts, they had 
Mick Foley and Sable mm-hmm. uh, there. And Mick Foley wrote about it in his book back in the day uh, called Have a Nice Day. Yeah. And Foley, a few weeks prior, it was just when he got thrown off the top of the hell in the cell. Yep. And he I remember that. Legitimately fell like 20 feet down and smashed through a table and had internal injuries. It was a couple weeks after that. And Sable's line was like three, four, five times longer than Mick Foley's line. Because Sable, super hot chick, yeah. you know, and she's got huge boobs and is it like all like 16 year old yeah. kids. So I apologized to him because the first time I ran into him since then. And he's like, oh, well, let's take a picture and I'm going to get you back. And he took a barbed wire baseball bat <laughs> and he, he, he was like scratching my forehead. Obviously, it's it's, you know, it's just all in fun. Yeah. But he was he was a super cool dude. Um, I met Elijah Wood. I got his autograph oh, okay. for a friend of mine. She couldn't make it and she wanted to have her exclusive. She has a. A pop figure yep, of Frodo. Sure it's an yep. exclusive figure. So I ended up uh, bringing up to him and told the story about her and how she's getting a Lord of the Rings themed wedding to her her fiance. Yeah. They met through Lord of the Rings yep. and their love of it. So he was like really, really cool. He signed it for her and and all that fun stuff. You know what I you always forget? You always forget that he's in that he was in Sin City. Yeah. And that yeah. that was a strange a role. Totally different role for him. Yeah. But he's he's a great actor. Um, but probably my favorite person to meet was, and I, I kind of buried the lead with the two audio clips that I've played, yeah. is uh, John Glover, who yeah. plays Lionel Luther on Smallville. He was talking to another fan right before I like I was overhearing their conversation, and she was like gushing about how she loved Batman, mm-hmm. the animated series, and you know he's yeah. he's an actor who's just like, you know, I'm an adult, so I never really like watched cartoons. Like he was in, of that mindset, yeah. you know, not in this generation where, yeah. hey, Family Guy, The Simpsons, yeah. those are all cool cartoons. He was of the concept is like, you know, this is a kid's cartoon and I'm like a 40, 40 year old dude, you know, doing a voice acting for a kid's cartoon. He, he never watched his performances. Yeah. And I went up to him and I said, it's really cool because there's an episode of Batman, the animated series that like sticks with me now. It's And we talked about it way back when I think it's like episode two, three or four of the podcast. Who did like, he voice on? Uh, so he voiced the Riddler. OK. Um, and which is my favorite character. But. There's an episode of Batman, the animated series called, uh, I think it's Return of the Grey Ghost. Mm-hmm. And Adam West voices the Grey Ghost, who was Batman's idol when Batman was, when Bruce Wayne was a little kid. So I said, it's kind of cool when you think about it, because I told him, I said, I, I gave him the synopsis of that episode. Adam West, who voiced Batman, then voiced the idol of a young Bruce Wayne on the series. I said, you, sir... Through my um, childhood, you know, you voiced the Riddler, who was my favorite villain as a child. And then, you know, you went to, went on to play Lionel Luther in Smallville, which I absolutely love that series. I think that kind of started the the ball rolling for all mm-hmm. these CW shows. So it was, just, it was a cool kind of um, bookend. Like, hey, yeah. you were with me for my childhood as this, and then you segued into my Adult young life, adulthood yeah. with this. Yeah. And he was just, he was very like, he's like, I really appreciate that. And he's, he's kind of a very playful individual. So he's got his arm around me. He's, he's like hip, hip checking me while we're taking like photo, yeah. trying to get me to laugh. And he was, he was just a really cool dude. And I, I appreciate it. Like, Henry Simmons was all hugs. Was he? He's like, I'm a hugger. He, cool. Like to everybody. He's like, I'm a hugger, which if you think about it, like, you know, they're hugging people all day. It's kind of, it gets well, a little. But if you yeah. watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Mac is a big softy on Agents yeah. of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, so, so he's like that in real life. Me. It doesn't surprise me. But, uh. So Brian O'Halloran, O'Halloran yelled at me for selling in front of his shop. Yep. So uh, Dante from Clerks yep. was yelling at you because you, which is funny because uh, friends of the show who have their own podcast, which I'll plug right now, the Chuck and Brad yep. podcast, they actually did. So I don't know if you have ever told you this story, but uh, Chuck and Brad do this comedy bit when they do their local comedy shows yep. around here. It's called Bradley Drawn. So what mm-hmm. Brad does is he watches a movie. <laughs> 
and he animates key scenes. He draws key scenes of the movie, gives them over to Chuck. Chuck then writes his own script based on what he thinks the drawings (laughs) are. Then during the show, he finally hands the script over to Brad. They show Brad's drawings and the script that Chuck wrote. So they had uh, Dante, the the actor that played Dante, Brian, actually with them, and they did a retelling of Clerks. (laughs) And it was one of the funniest things because all the ad-libbing that he was doing reading Chuck's script as Brad was... Was it Brian? Brian, yeah. Was reading, reading the read, Brad and Brian were reading Chuck's script, showing Brad's drawings, and and Brian was just shaking his head and like he was laughing. It was so fun. So I highly recommend you check out their podcast. I'll give them a plug again. That's the Chuck and Brad podcast. Uh, they also, if you go to Chuck and Brad podcast, I think they have a website where you can see all their comedy shows. But if you get a check a chance to check out Bradley Drawn when they do that bit, it's so good. They've done. Jurassic Park, The Avengers. Uh, I think they did Ghostbusters, if I'm not mistaken. But mm-hmm. it's so fun, and they, it's such a good concept. So it's just you you laugh a lot. Your face hurts. Uh, two talented guys, not withdrawing, but two talented guys. It's a but it was just it was just kind of cool to see somebody in that movie take part in it. And he had Brian had a great time taking part and replaying yeah. Dante in the Bradley drawn version of Clerks. <laughs> it was super fun. Yeah, but, uh, heck, how, of, heck of a Comic-Con. Can't wait till next year? Uh, Yeah, it depends. I mean, it, it all depends on who's going. It all depends on... Because the those... vendors are usually the same yeah, pretty much every year. They don't change too, too much. Speaking of vendors, that uh, our buddy Victor wasn't there from last year. I saw that, yeah. I was I was going to send him a message, but... Uh, so Victor has... I don't know that... I can't remember the name of his shop off Super the top. V Toys. Super V Toys. Uh, yeah, he was really... We did a, a spot on him last yep. year, I think, after He's got a nice Comic-Con. store, too. He has a lot of stuff. West yeah, so yeah. give give his website a visit. Uh, check them out. Yeah, supervtoys.com, I think it is. I think it's pretty straightforward. Cool. Anything uh, before we wrap up? No, man. Just a uh, good show. Good All to right. get well, back be- on the grind. Yeah, and before we get out of here, the Cerebro suggestion of the week. Uh, this past September of 2019 marks the 15th anniversary, if I'm not mistaken, of the first episode of Lost. I think Lost uh, started in September of 2004. Uh, so it's been 15 years since the start of it. Um, so in, in honor of that, there's a new podcast. That Are you rewatching up. the whole thing? I would love to. I've, I've rewatched that series probably like 15 times through. Since Even the ending? You were good with the ending? Yeah, I was fine with it. I loved it. Okay. I loved it. A lot of people. Um, but there's a podcast called Through the Looking Glass, A Lost Retrospective. It's not necessarily a review of the show itself, but more how the show impacted television. Uh, the effects are still felt in TV's landscape today from its high level of serialized storytelling mm-hmm. to its digital marketing to fan engagement to making the showrunners the celebra- part of the celebrities of the show. Yeah. So we think, you know, the the la- other show that really did that was Joss Whedon and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Mm-hmm. But Carlton Cuse and Damon Lindelof were the showrunners. That kind of led to precedence with... Uh, Game of Thrones showrunners, mm-hmm. all these other showrunners. That, Shows that took focus off main characters and... Or like the, yeah, or yeah. The, 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 you know, and then they talk about, you know, some of the stuff, that the serialized storytelling where if you watched any other show, you could kind of go in fresh yeah. and be like, oh, I've never watched this show before, but it's on TV. Let me watch this episode and see what it's all about. Yeah. Where no pun intended, if you threw on season four, episode eight of Lost as your first viewing of it, you would totally be lost. You yeah. wouldn't know because you have to go all the way back. Pun intended. To, yeah, to season yeah. one, episode one. That's what happened to me. That's why I couldn't get into it at the beginning. Right. So to me, 
I, I mean, they talk about just like the impact that it's had, even from like the digital marketing in between the seasons, they would have yeah. like games and they would shoot videos with the actors to like, they wouldn't be trailers. They'd be like things to make you think and get ready for the next season. Yeah. It's just really, really cool ideas. Like it was, it was out of the box. It was unique for its time. Uh, that's when, you know, the, the internet was really coming into the foray and like message boards and, and Twitter and all that stuff you could reach out to the show directly the showrunners directly through that so it's a really cool i think it's a it's a short podcast i believe there's only like six to ten episodes but definitely check them out uh but other than that check us out on facebook twitter instagram twitter youtube uh free your geek just search for free your geek or free your geek podcast you'll see the logo it's not it's teenage mutant ninja turtles inspired ish ish it's inspired it's inspired by it. it's not a ripoff it's not a ripoff um yeah that's all i got uh yeah follow our go to our website jfreethegeek.com where we're posting daily on our instagram uh, i'm trying to tweet more but uh yeah just and give us any feedback things you want to hear about uh we'll be back in another week or so maybe two weeks maybe two yeah which we'll you know see. news right now it's a slow news uh time, time. at the time of the year yeah. the holidays are coming up so there's a couple of things we can talk about moving down that we can do some, maybe I'll do some interviews with people and just talk about what they geek out about yep. to, to fill the time. But uh, KB, until then, hit him with the catchphrase. Get your geek on. still here it's over go home